0: Thank you for speaking to us today through the word and by your spirit. We declare our eyes shall be flooded with light. We have ears to hear and our hearts will be strengthened through your word. And by the Holy Ghost, we glorify you today in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You may be seated and we're talking about prayer. And so we're talking about praying always. One of the things we said last week is that prayer ought to be our first response and not our last resort. And we don't want to overcomplicate prayer. When we do, that leads to prayerlessness. You know, prayer is just simply talking to God. If you have breath, you are a candidate to talk to Him. Just have a conversation with Him. Prayer is communing with God. You know, it's not about getting better at prayer. It's about getting closer to God. It's not about comparing one another with their level of spirituality or how deep they are in prayer. It's just about you talking to God and loving God. We discussed also that our view of God can affect our approach to God. If we have a bad view of Him and don't know who we are in Him, then we're not likely to come before the throne of grace. But we discussed that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, we have access into the very presence of God. And so prayer is a way that we access His presence. But praise is also one way, an entry point, an access point into the very presence of the Lord. You know, He is our very own Father, and we are His very own children. In Psalms 23, we could call it the Psalm of the Sheep. I want us to look over there, but just think about this. You know, make it easy. Let's break it down and make it easy. When you start your day out, why not just wake up and say, My Father, which art in heaven. Father, I just come before you today in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you are my Father. I am your child. You see, you're part of the family of God. And indeed, it is the Father and His family. He is approachable. So come boldly to Him. Our Father, which art in heaven. Yeah. And then, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. What that means, hallowed be thy name, that means sanctify His name. Think about His name. You know, the Bible says this in the book of Hebrews. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How often? Continually. Continually. That is the fruit of our what? What? That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. Now when you look at His name and you see how His name's applied to you on a personal level, the Bible says that we are to give thanks to His name. Amen. In Psalm 23, let's just call it the Psalm of the sheep. And let's break it down. Psalm 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. He's not just a shepherd, he's your shepherd. Amen? And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, and the good shepherd attends to his sheep. That is Jehovah Raha. You are my shepherd. And then the second part of that verse is, I shall not want. That speaks of provision. He didn't say, I'm full of want. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my provider, and he's all I want. All I want. In other words, he is Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Jesus. He is the one who meets my every need. Amen. Amen. And then going on to, on to the next one, it says, you are my peace. In verse 2, it says, he makes me to lie down. What kind of pastures? Green. See, all the time you can do this every morning. It only takes about two minutes. You are my shepherd. You are my provider. You are my peace. And you're leading me, not beside treacherous waters, but you're leading me beside still waters. Oh, come on, somebody. And then the next one, I love this. Psalm 23, verse 3 says, He restores my soul. What does that speak of? That speaks of healing. Amen? How many of you know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He can heal you of your past, present, and future. I like what Jeremiah says um, in chapter 30, verse 17. He says, for I will restore health unto you. Amen? He will restore your health back to you. But not only that, he will heal you up of every wound. Amen? Anybody ever had any wounds that they've been healed of? That's because he was wounded for you. Anybody ever had any bruises you've been healed of? That's because he was bruised for you. Anybody had any hurts that God healed you of? Well, praise God. That's because he was hurt for you. So that's Jehovah Rapha. Lift up your hands and say it with me. You are my Jehovah Rapha. I worship you, my father. I hallow your names. You see, what this does is it fine-tunes you and opens up your spirit, man, to be more sensitive to what he may want to say to you during the course of your time of prayer or during the course of your day. It's a fine-tuning that takes place. Amen? The next one is this. You are my righteousness. Notice with me in verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Say it with me. You are Jehovah canoe. You, you are my righteousness. Are. It's so good to know that you have right standing with God and that your Amen. prayers can be very effectual. Your prayers can be dynamite. Amen. Amen. Now notice with me the next one. You are my constant companion. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid. Why? Because you're with me. And your rod and your staff, they are comforting me. You are Jehovah Shammah. You are present in my life. You will never leave me. You will never forsake me. You will never leave me without support. And then the next one is... You are my defender. Hallelujah. You see, He is your victor. He is Jehovah Nissi, the captain of your salvation. Now, how many of you know, you and I need some sanctification in this life? Thank you for those three grunts and those two holy amens. (laughs) This world is is so polluted. There's so much junk in this world. There's so much uncleanness in this world. But when you come to Jesus and you get serious about the word, he will tell you, son, daughter, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. He'll tell you, son, daughter, I'm sanctifying you through my truth, for my word is truth. And not only that, the blood has been shed. And if you apply the blood of Jesus to the doorpost of your life, you will live a holy, sanctified, clean life for the glory of God. Say it with me. You are are my sanctifier. sanctifier. You are Jehovah Mekedish, the Lord who sets me apart. And so we see this in Psalm 23, verse 5, where he says, You anoint my head. With oil. And my cup runs over. I can't tell you how many times I've just kind of gone through the names of God. And hallowed them in my life at the top of the day. And all of a sudden I feel as though that I could run through a troop. And leap over a wall. I felt as though that there was nothing too big that I would face during that day. That my God would not help me with. Amen. Hallow the names of God. Here's what will happen in your life. When you set your heart to pray, you'll sense His favor rising up on the inside of you. Oh, I love this song. It says this. There's a breaking in my favor. There's a shifting in my direction. There's a breaking in my favor. There's a shifting in my direction. There's a breaking as I pray. Say with me, there is a breaking. That means things are happening. Mountains are moving. God is moving on your behalf as you pray. Breakthroughs are coming your way. Divine favor is yours every day. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Say with me, there's a breaking in my favor. There's a shifting in my direction. There's a breaking in my favor as I pray. Oh, now, brothers and sisters, as we pray, as a church, there's a great breakthrough coming our way. There's a breakthrough and a deluge of harvest coming our way. There's a breakthrough and a deluge of miracles and gifts of healings. There are things that are about to happen in this Bay Area that has not happened for a while. But just get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. There's a breaking as you and I will pray. Amen. Who will join me in the spirit of prayer? Who will say, I'm not perfect I don't know how to pray everything I should pray, but I am a person that will pray. Say to me, I'm answering the call. call." I am answering the call. call. Now I really want to get to what I have for you this morning. As we praise Him, it fine-tunes us. Many of your hearts now are ready to hear what the Spirit is going to say to you. Amen? Amen? Maybe we should praise Him just for another 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Come on, let's praise Him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Give Him some glory. There's a breakthrough coming our way. <laughs> Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Five more seconds. Somebody shout amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, glory! (laughs) Amen. See, because all of us, I include myself in this, all of us have to have ears to hear. All of us have to be ready to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. So I'm going to give you some meat. Are you all ready? All right, let's look at Luke 18, chapter, chapter 18, verse 1. Luke 18, Lord, I thank you for helping me with this. Your love prevails over each situation in Jesus' name. In Luke eighteen one he says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Yes. So we're doing this little two part, three part series, whatever it turns out to be, called Praying Always. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, Young's literal translation says this, And he spake also a simile to them, that it behooveth us always to pray and not to faint. Now, we don't use the term behooveth, do we? You know, Brenda doesn't use that term to me. Mark, it behooveth you to shut your mouth right now. <laughs> no. No, it would benefit me. How many of you know it would benefit all of us if we could keep our mouths shut sometimes? But we're not going any further with that. So, it behooveth us means, and it's beneficial. In other words, we ought to pray and it does us good. Just like the old ad, milk, it does a body good. Prayer, it does a life good. Now, the Amplified says it this way. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward or not to turn yeller. That's a John Wayne scripture right there. Not to turn coward, not to turn yeller. And then he defines what coward and yeller is to faint, to lose heart or to give up. Turning coward is yielding to fear. It'll never come to pass. I've prayed about this for 20 years. It's not happening. Stop it. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. God is moving. Yeah. Don't you quit. Yeah. See, what happens sometimes with us is we give up. We quit. Our spirit gets a little weak and a little emaciated and all of a sudden the prayer starts going down. No, no, no. And the attitude sometimes is, well, we don't need to pray about that anymore. No, listen, friends. Prayer is a seed. Just like kind words are a seed. Just like finances are a seed. Prayer is a seed. And my Bible says, and your Bible says, that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And he warns us not to lose heart. He warns us not to be weary in well-doing. I just want you to know that if you're a person of prayer, you're doing well. You're doing good. And the more prayed up you are, the less weary you will be. The more prayed up you are, the more strengthened you will be. Amen? Now, we see another scripture, mouth of two or three witnesses. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 simply says this, Pray without ceasing. In other words, continue to pray. Young says, continually pray ye. This means without ceasing, and it means without stopping. Now, obviously, we don't pray every breath we breathe. We don't pray 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I mean, part of the time, we're sleeping, right? A big part of the time, we're eating, part of the time we're working part of the time we're watching the NFL I mean we might as well be honest about it but what he's saying is this when he's talking about prayer he's talking about prayer as a way of life prayer is a lifestyle and he says don't stop praying heart of the bay your best days are just around the corner don't start praying as an individual your best days are around the corner I like it don't you Here's what Smith said, Smith Wigglesworth. He said, now I never pray 20 minutes at a time, but I never go 20 minutes without praying. And so we see this spirit of prayer that we're going to be talking about and praying about a little bit tonight. I hope you can be here. The Lord reminded me of one thing at the end of the last service. If you want to grow in prayer like brenda and i have desired to grow in prayer over the years we would travel thousands of miles to go sit at the feet of kennedy hagan because he had the spirit of prayer and we wanted what was on him to get on us now i'm not elevating myself i'm not elevating brenda or a pastoral staff but we've been around a while we've been in full-time ministry for 40 years there are some things that are in us that can be transferable to people who have open hearts. And that's why we have meetings like impartation, and that's called tonight, the spirit of prayer. Pastor Tom is a great prayer. He grew up in the fire. He grew up in, I'm telling you what, he grew up in Holy Ghost and Fireland. So when he prays, People should listen. (laughs) Amen. Anyway, that's an advertisement for tonight's service. You know, get online. You know, look up some of Dad Hagen's old series on the prayer seminars. Just sit there. Let it get in you. Let that spirit of faith and spirit of prayer be transferred into your life. Somebody say amen. amen. So we see that this was modeled in the early church. In Acts 2, chapter 42, for example, it says this. And they continued steadfastly. Acts 2.42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the word. Amen. And fellowship. That's community. And how many of you enjoy breaking some bread? But not only that. And in prayers. Now that word stayed steadfast means they stayed with it. They prayed as a lifestyle. Amen. Amen. They were loyal, they were faithful, they were committed, they were devoted, they were dedicated, dependable, and reliable, and steady, and true to maintain this spirit of prayer. Amen. You know, when you look at the word continue, I think most of the time we think, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, right? Yeah. But also, there are scriptures, for example, in Colossians 4.2, where it says, continue in prayer. Yes. Continue in prayer. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer. I can remember years ago, was probably in 1995, when we were over there on, on uh, uh, Royal Avenue. Okay, how many of you remember being over there? Okay, for a number of years. Brother Hagen came and he held a two-week Holy Ghost meeting in the church. How many of you were there for that? I mean, it was awesome. It was beautiful, amen? But in the mornings, oftentimes, he would teach on the subject of prayer, his text would be Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Praying always at all times. Yeah. Amen. And then he would say, now we don't want to just teach prayer. We want to show you an example of how to pray. It's called this. Praying by precept and example. Yeah. And so he was a tremendous example for us to follow. And so we would pray. And, and remember, he'd call us to the altar. And so we'd come up to that altar and we'd listen to Brother Hagen pray and we would follow the leader who was praying, which was Brother Hagen, and we would just pray what he was praying. A lot of times we were praying about the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. Oh, the church needs the power gifts in a greater measure. Not just talking about it, not just singing about it, not just dancing about it, but actually seeing it. Amen. And so we would pray fervently and fervently. But then sometimes I call it, he would call it, he'd get lost in the spirit. Where where the spirit of prayer would just overtake his spirit. And the anointing would come upon him and and the, the ministry of the prophet would be in manifestation. And one day, I don't remember specifically the day, but one day he started laughing. And he just got so tickled. And he would say things, oh, now, Lord, I see that, I see that, I see that. I'm thinking, what does he see? <laughs> and then he said, now, what about this present facility? Talking about the building that we were in. What about this present facility? And then he'd laugh, and he laugh, and he laugh. He said, now, now, no, 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 he, I won't tell him. <laughs> Remember that? We're, we're wanting him to tell us, you know. He says, you reckon they'd believe it if I told them? (laughs) Of course, he's from Texas. (laughs) And uh, then, during the course of that prayer time, he said by the Spirit, you will have to pray it through for it to come unto you. In other words, there were some things that were in the will of God and in the plan of God, but if we didn't take hold of that in prayer, that which was the will of God may not have come to us. And it's the same principle for our lives. Guys, let's be honest. Are there some things in your life that should be prayed through? Are there some things that you sense that God wants to bring unto you? Oftentimes, we must pray it through for it to come unto us. Amen? Well, I believe by the grace of God, we were able to pray those things through. And we did see the manifestation Uh of that prayer. I don't have a lot of time to go into it now, but one of the manifestations that came is the school district literally purchased our building on their property. (laughs) I mean, how does that happen? It's their land. It's our metal. I wouldn't have believed it. If he would have told me at the time. But begin to pray things through and it came unto us. That's a good thing. That's a God thing. And yet there's other things that we're still praying through. We're still praying through. Who will join me in praying through? Who will join me with praying through? I mean corporately as a church. Oh, saints, we must not neglect this glorious gift that God has given us on the inside of us. We must steward the spirit of prayer and pray fervently for souls and pray fervently for a greatest move the Bay Area has ever seen. Somebody say amen. And here's what you'll find, that when you set your heart to pray for others, God sets His heart to manifest and answer your prayers. Oh, I love it, don't you? Now, so we've looked at three verses. Are you all still with me? Yeah. We've like, looked at three verses that tell us to pray all the time. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to pray every day. Now, the greatest example of prayer is, guess who? Jesus. That was weak. The, great, <laughs> the greatest example of prayer is who? Jesus. Can we say Jesus a couple more times? Jesus. Well, look at yes. Amen. look at Mark chapter 1 verse 35 Mark 1 35, and in the morning rising up a great while before day your morning may be 5 o'clock in the afternoon if you work a shift like that and in the morning rising up a great while before day before daylight he went out and departed into a secluded or a solitary place and what did he do He prayed. Now this came to me as I looked at this verse. It kind of jumped off the pages. It's two words. He went out. He went out. And here's the principle. He left some things behind. He left some people behind so that he wouldn't be distracted from what he needed to hear for that day. Now I'm saying to you this morning, find a place where you can get quiet. My place years ago when the house would be full of kids and relatives and different things, my place where I'd go into my car. And I would turn the car on and I would drive to Coyote Hills and I would pray. See, every one of you have a place you can pray. It might be your closet. It might be your car. But one thing for sure, God's got a place for you. It's the secret place. How many of you have found your place of prayer? If you haven't found your place of prayer, there's a place of prayer for you where there are no distractions. So he got up before day where he couldn't be bothered. Now listen, if he needed to pray, point at yourself and say this. If he needed to pray... We sure enough need to pray. You see, we want the results he got without doing the things that he did to get the results he got. So if we want those results, we need to do what he did. So this is just an example how to live. You can pray. You can hear. Like Jesus prayed. And like Jesus heard. I've discovered this, and I, you know, everybody's kind of got their own routine. But for me, I've discovered this: that morning is God's opportune time with me. Why is that? Because a little bit, my head starts kicking in. So find that place of solitude, find that place of seclusion, so that you're not winging it in life. God didn't say for as many as wing it are led by the Spirit of God. No, He says in all of your ways acknowledge me and I'm going to do well. I'm going to direct your paths. We must not base our decision on analysis or look good or feel good or anything else but from Him. Luke chapter 6 verse 12 and 13. Are you still with me? Luke 6 verse 12 and 13. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. And he continued all night in prayer to God. Evidently, he needed to hear from God. You suppose three or four hours of sleep that you lose are worth it if you can stay on target and be precise in what God wants you to do? And verse 13 says, And when it was day... He called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose 12, whom also he named apostles. Why did he need to seclude himself? Why? It's because we live in a fallen world. There's so many distractions. If the master needed to, you need to. Because the enemy will try to hinder you. Paul said... At one point in his life, he said, you know, I would have come unto you sooner, but Satan hindered me. The enemy will try to hinder you through Facebook, through Instagram, through the dings and the dongs of life. And all the dings and the dongs aren't just necessarily equipment. They're people too. (laughs) Ding-dongs. I mean, the devil... If he had his way about it, he'd start fires here and start fires there and get you running here and there and everywhere to put this fire out and this fire out and that fire out. I know that's true because I've been in the ministry for 40 years. But I've discovered that I am not called to put fires out. I'm called to start fires. What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about this? What are you to... I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to wait upon the Lord. And the Lord will show me what to do and what not to do. Now, if that's true for me, it's true for you. Fire here, fire there, fire here, fire there. He will see to it that you can't keep up with all the fires that he starts. Be still and know that God... Is God? how many of you are praying about some things right now in this season i got a word for you don't quit don't quit until you get clear i believe it was extremely important that jesus got 12 out of the 12 right i mean this is big he knew what and he knew who why is it so many people don't know? Is because they don't pray. It's worth praying. We do not have to be oblivious. Stop saying, oh, I don't know. I have no clue. Just call me clueless. I'm not talking about you. I'm giving you an example. We can't say we're clueless when he's put the wisdom of God down on the inside of us. See, the wisdom of God and the counsel of God is like deep water. But a man or a woman like you that have great understanding will take time to draw that wisdom out so that in your mind's eye, you know exactly what to do. Amen? Because there's a breakthrough for every mistake we've made in any situation. Oh, that's a word from God. You know what the breakthrough is called? The breakthrough is called mercy. Say it with me, shout it with me. His mercy mercy endures forever. Pastor Mark, have you ever missed it before? That's a foolish question. How can you say that the man of God... (laughs) Yes and amen, the man of God has missed it. You've missed it. But it's a new day. It's a new season. And God can turn around where we've missed it. And open up another great and glorious door. Amen. Do I move or not? You know? Houses in the Bay Area have gone through the roof. We've owned our house since 1988. It's tempting to sell it. But where do I go? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Where do I go? Well, Pastor, you're almost 68. You could go to Arizona and live in 115 degree weather. You could go down there and dance to the oldies with all the senior citizens. I mean that may be all right for some, but I'm not one of those dancing with the oldies. I'm living with the boldies. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, but just think of all the money. Yeah, but just think of all the anointing I'd miss. As I'm sitting by the pool and I'm swinging my golf clubs and sipping on an iced tea, just think of all the people I won't be able to reach. I'm not going to coast to the rapture of the church. I'm not going to coast. Everything that I have, I'm going to give it my all. Amen. How about you? How about you? Now, don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with retiring a job, but you'd never retire from your service to the Lord. Amen. Oh, I know. I'm preaching good now. <laughs> Whoa! hallelujah. i got three Shandas and four glories. Hallelujah. <laughs> Yeah, you you may retire from your job, but you should never retire from being an usher. Never retire from prayer. Do I move or not? Do I sell or not? Here's another one that we've seen over the course of 40 years. Do I have this procedure or not? And by the way, going to a doctor can be like going to get a car. Somebody says, come on now. No, follow me. That car may not be the car, but God's got the car. You may have come into contact with that doctor. But how many of you know you can change and get the right doctor? Is that, is that clear enough? Is that clear enough? I mean, because quite frankly, I mean, in in whatever profession that is outside of these walls, whether it be pastors, ministers, doctors, truck drivers, there's some real nincompoops. And it (laughs) says... The same thing is true in the medical science field. If you've gone to somebody that you don't care for, that you just don't like, find somebody else. And then... Say, okay, do I do this? Do I don't do that? Say it with me. The spirit of knowing, spirit of knowing is, mine. is mine. Now, I only want to take five more minutes. Who'll give me five minutes? Five, oh. 10, 50. That's getting so old. huh? Get a revelation, pastor. My wife just gonged me on that one so here it is Jesus needed to we need to but he didn't leave us alone in this deci- these decisions in 1 John two twenty, he says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things what is unction? unction is anointing unction is the Holy Spirit you drop down to verse 27 he says but you have an anointing but the anointing which you have received of him where does it abide? So the anointing, the Holy Spirit, abides in you. All the answers for your life that you'll ever need are in you. They're in you. Now I can get counsel from Pastor Tom, and I have, and he's gotten counsel from me before. Amen. It's good to have many counselors. But we should not be looking to man for the answer. God can speak through man. But when it's all said and done, you've got to know down here in your knower. And a lot of people don't want that responsibility. They would rather someone give them a personal prophecy. You know, they would rather have someone prophesy to them what they should do. Now, the problem with that is not everyone that prophesies is a prophet. They're a self-appointed prophet, right? Or prophetess. And not only that, prophets in the New Testament are not to direct people in what they should do or shouldn't do. Prophets are used to confirm something that you already have on the inside of you. Is that good? Is that good preaching? I know it's good preaching. I'm waiting for some of you to still to wake up. I only got three minutes. Say it with me. The anointing comes from the Holy Ghost within. This anointing will teach you. He will show you the right way. Jesus said, I will pray the Father. He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The comforter, he says, is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. He will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Last scripture, John 16, verse 13. Then we're going to pray. John 16 and verse 13. Amen. You did good handling this message. It wasn't a condemning message, was it? But I believe you've been challenged. Somebody says, I haven't been praying at all. Get with it. Get with it. Your prayers are needed. Amen? Yeah, but I didn't go to school. You don't probably good thing you didn't go to school to learn to pray. Mm, mm, mm. Let's, let's just take a praise break for a minute glory to God glory to God glory to God there are many of you in this auditorium that are on, on the verge of some breakthroughs it's almost like a cloud hanging over you it's not a cloud of oppression it's a cloud of glory and in that cloud, there is a release that God wants to give to you. Don't you give up. Don't you back down. Listen, here's another word: Don't allow a temporary disease or a temporary need hold you back from going all the way through with your prayers and with your praise for as you do the breakthroughs shall be released Glory. Amen. Amen. Good. in other words don't wait for perfect conditions until everything is just hunky dory for you to believe God you believe now amen? amen John 16 verse 13 it says but when he the spirit of truth the truth giving spirit comes what's he going to do he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. He will not speak of his own message on his own authority, but he will tell you whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that he has been given to him. And I love this. Read it with me. Yes. And he will announce and declare to me the things that are to come that will happen in my future. Amen. Put your hand over your heart and say, Precious Holy Spirit, I yield myself to continue in prayer. May the spirit of prayer rise up on the inside of me. I thank you, Lord, for announcing and declaring and disclosing to me those things that I need to know and those things which are to come. Now let's all stand to our feet and lift up our voice, lift up our hands, and let's just thank Him today. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Somebody shout Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord is saying no before you go. Amen. Things that matter in your life should be precise. I mean, let's say a surgeon is working on you. Do you want him to be precise? You don't want the surgeon walking into the surgery room and saying, Huh, what are we working on today? Hmm, is it a leg? Is it a pancreas? What is it? It's a leg. Ah, oh, just patch them up. They're okay. No. You expect those that are in professions. To be precise, God expects those that He has placed His Spirit in, that have been around a while, to be precise and to be led by His Spirit. And I know that each and every one of you will endeavor in your heart to be thus and so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say it, I receive the word. I receive, I, receive it, I, receive it, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Lord, I know the details matter. Precision matters. And so I open up my heart. I'm a blank sheet of paper. Your will be done. Thy kingdom come.